Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hello, hi, and welcome. I am your host, Emma Gunnar-Wardner, and in my nearly 20-year career as a beauty and health writer, I have interviewed a lot of people, supermodels, entrepreneurs, authors, celebrities, and doctors, and many of these conversations had a real impact on me, and I'd come away feeling inspired, excited, informed, and really empowered, and at the back of my mind, I'd always think, I wish I could just publish the tape so people could really feel that conversation. Well, on this podcast, you get to feel the conversation. I talk with experts, guests, and a few friends who I hope will inspire, inform, and empower you, and maybe also challenge you. Whether you're looking for self-help, self-improvement, beauty advice, health insights, business know-how, or just some good old-fashioned life advice and a bit of a laugh. It's all here. Welcome to the show. Welcome, welcome. It's so good to have you here. Thank you for joining me. On this episode of The Emma Gunn Show, I am joined by Kate Arnell, and I am so happy to have been able to record this episode because since doing the sustainability habit in 26 Habits, which if you are not familiar, was the uh, two-week make-or-break a habit every two weeks for 26 weeks, i.e. for the whole year of 2018. Gosh, I should really think of a pithier way to say that, shouldn't I? I um, have been wanting to get somebody on the podcast to really talk about how to implement the habits and lifestyle choices and hacks, for want of a better word, to enable us all to live uh, maybe whether it's waste free, just more sustainability, making better choices. But one of the things is, you have been asking me for this kind of episode for a long time since that habit in actual fact. But one of the issues I found is that Sometimes this sustainability, this uh, living uh, a less wasteful life seems inaccessible or it seems as if you'd have to make so many choices that inevitably the habit would not stick. And so every now and again, I think, right, I'm going to go down this path again and I just can't find a comfortable place. I can't find someone who I think will come on and actually give practical, useful tips that you, my most excellent listeners, can apply, implement and really use and try out, really just experiment with until I came across Kate Arnell. Kate Arnell is a TV presenter turned eco-blogger and she has got a brilliant, very easy to very easy to read, very easy to understand plan for living living a rubbish-free lifestyle. 
um, based on these seven R's, these principles. So there are seven R's, which she's going to explain in this episode about how to live a more waste-free life. But this is the reason why I like Kate. Now, when I started reading her blog, when I started looking at her book, when I started looking at all of her information, I knew I liked her. You just get a real sense that she's just, you just get a real sense that she's a fun, likable person. But the thing that I think I liked the most before I met her was the fact that she says, okay, I've called it zero waste, but I'm just saying, cut it down. Let's just get as close to your zero as you can get. So she's already just, she's already acknowledged the fact that not everyone can compost, not everybody can, not everybody has the recycling resources available, not everybody has a farmer's market on their doorstep. But even within that, there are things that you can do. And I think that's why I really, really liked Kate. And then I met her and you're here on the show. We met minutes before we hit record and I just felt like I'd made a new mate she is great she is great she's great she's great and I do think that she's really opened my eyes up to the little changes that I can make the little things I can do to inform myself whether it's to recycle more responsibly whether it's to actually generate less waste Um, and actually one of the most interesting things about this conversation and I won't give too much away because I want Kate to tell you is how living a waste-free lifestyle has actually made her has actually strengthened her boundaries and her ability to say no and to be able to say what she does want, which, as you know, if you're a regular listener, you know that's right up my street. So I will obviously put the links to Kate and everything that we discuss in the show notes, except all the film references I keep throwing at her, which just which didn't land. But there we go. But I'll put all of the links in the show notes, which can be found wherever it is that you are streaming and downloading this episode. But for now, it's my huge pleasure to welcome Kate Arnell onto The Emma Gunn Show. <coughs> Kate Arnell, welcome to the Emma Gunn Show. Thanks for having me. <laughs> I'm um, delighted to have you on the show because I feel as though we can have a very wide-ranging conversation about something that I think we all n- know we need to be doing more of, i.e. living more sustainably, but perhaps don't necessarily know the ways to apply that way of living. And you live it, right? Yeah. <laughs> I'm living it large. <laughs> I mean, you really, I mean, talk about go big or hope, go home. You really have gone big. Yeah, but I think it was something that just resonated with me. I was always a bit of a, uh, not. I don't really like the term eco or eco geek or whatever, mm. but definitely growing up, I was that strange kid who would pester my mum in the supermarket to buy the organic version of something, as opposed to the, or the eco uh, cleaning product off the shelf instead. Mm. Um, and I think for me, it just felt like, you know, why wouldn't you a little mm. bit? Um, and I did do a personality test many, many years ago, and it turned out I'm a very values-driven person. So I think for me, I'm quite lucky mm. in that it doesn't feel like it's hard work. It feels like it's something I want yeah. to do. Um, and very little or probably none of it is done out of guilt. Mm. Like I don't feel like I've, you know, I'm doing this because I'm a terrible person otherwise. I, I feel very much like I want to do it. Mm. And I think... Um, I would have already said this in the introduction, I've already told you mere moments ago, but I, for the 26 Habits in 2018, I did How to Live More Sustainably. And even actually in December of last year when I did the uh, Christmas pods, um, I was really surprised. I started researching like the top five ways you can contribute to society. And the one that came out top every single time was Recycle. Mm-hmm. And I didn't realise it was that impactful. Shame on me. So I guess um, what I want to find out from you, because your story is that you live a, would you call it a sustainable lifestyle? I would just call it a low waste lifestyle or a zero waste 
waste lifestyle but for mm. me the term zero waste isn't an absolute mm-hmm. it still means I create waste mm. it's a heck of a lot less than it used to be and it's a very different kind of waste so sadly where I live at the moment I don't have any sort of access to be able to compost any food scraps mm. so I'd say 95% of what's in my small paper bag of, of trash is basically food scraps that I can't compost right. in our sort of small flat without any outside space. Mm. Um, and in my previous place, I did have a little worm bin and stuff, so, which I talk about in the book. Mm. But, but basically, I, I literally <laughs> I feel like I'm going to have to apologise. I've just had a baby. I've got baby brain and the question has gone from my mind. Um, no, you do you, uh, uh, would you call it a sustainable... A sustainable lifestyle? Um... I don't know. I struggle with it sometimes because the term sustainable means different things to different Mm. people. And um, for me, it'll mean one thing and to someone else, it'll mean something completely different. So um, for me, I just sort of call it a zero waste lifestyle or a low waste lifestyle. But as a sort of addition to that, I do things like, you know, use reusable energy Mm. or... um, probably don't travel as much as I'm just a bit of a homebody though to mm. be fair <laughs> <laughs> but that's the thing I think with lots of things even like the diet industry is a great one for this like we start using a word as a yeah. descriptor but it means different things to different people so I say sustainable because it feels like a sort of coverall a catch-all for, yeah. yeah for um yeah I recycle I don't I mean <laughs> all of those things yeah but actually what you do in the book which is fantastic is you talk about um, the different ways in which you can do this and it isn't just about recycling and we'll get to that later but would you mind for our listeners uh, our most excellent listeners would you be able to talk about how I mean you've said that you took this personality test and you're very um, what was the values driven values driven yeah. but what was it that actually prompted you to uh, you read something that made you think actually this is how I want to live my life moving yeah. forward and then really ran with it yeah um, so initially, like I said before, I was very much into choosing the eco option or, mm. or choosing organic as much as possible. But it often felt um, that it was all still so heavily packaged in single use disposable packaging, mm. mostly plastic. Um, and I would get really frustrated with the label on the back saying not currently recycled. Mm. And you just think, why have they chosen that that piece of plastic? Mm. They could have chosen something else. Um so that was my initial frustration, but I I didn't really stop to think that I could do anything about it. It mm. felt very much out of my hands. Um, and then my husband came home one day with a copy of, I think it was the Metro or the Evening Standard, and in there was an article. Um, Which for international listeners is a yeah. free newspaper that's basically given out on public transport exactly exactly and um he pointed out this family uh, who were being featured who lived in california a family of four um and they produced a jar of waste a year wait how big is the jar <laughs> it's about a liter size jar so i don't know if you can pack, picture like a sort of kilner jar that you might put pasta in or something right. in your kitchen it's it was you know as small jar (laughs) a year for a year and that was very impactful that picture of the family Mm. of four and they looked really like normal like you could be friends (laughs) with them (laughs) they weren't living in a cabin in the woods um (laughs) or off grid or anything they just looked like a lovely normal Mm. friendly family um and they were producing this one jar of waste and there was just something about reading the article a lot of it sort of made sense to me I was like oh yeah why why not or I could try that Mm. um and then I got the flu for two weeks. <laughs> I remember lying in bed in the few moments that I was awake, sort of just struggling to stay alive. Um, I was thinking, oh, maybe, what's the title of that book again? I might look it up. Mm. And, and the first day I was well again, I went to Richmond, um, which is 
very leafy suburb of London mm. and uh, walked past a charity shop which I hardly ever used to go into and I thought well, I'll just pop in and a copy of the book that had been featured in this newspaper article called Zero Waste Home was uh, on the shelf and I was like oh my gosh it's right there and in my memory sort of makes me remember it as I was just floated towards the book. <laughs> celestial <laughs> yeah, light yeah it was a bit celestial yeah <laughs> and I picked it up and I thought great I'm I'll just buy it then. Yeah. So I took it home and read it within a few days. And I think so much of it was just very easy, simple swaps mm. that I felt I could do. Um, and it just kind of made me realise I could sort of take control of mm. some of the stuff in life that I wasn't that happy about when it came to things like packaging and the amount of waste yeah. we were sending out. You know, we, we produced two large black bin liners uh, a fortnight, was it? Or a week? I can't remember. Mm. But, you know, mm. a lot for just a couple. Yeah. Um, and I think when I think about making these decisions and making these choices, I'm going to be really honest and say it feels like in order to live this way, um, I have to make my life a little bit harder for the greater good. So um, making a bit more effort, spending a bit more time recycling and separating my uh, my rubbish, maybe going somewhere, taking a container and filling it up rather than just ordering, yeah. you know, like hand soap. Yeah. Um, for the bathroom rather than just buying another bottle of it going out and actually refilling it and it, it, it yeah. feels like yeah for the greater good those small it, those inconveniences yeah do you know what I mean like it's yeah. like I think a lot of people before they start think oh my goodness this is going to be a huge inconvenience mm. oh, can I even be bothered and, and what I've found personally is, yes, at the beginning, it can be a bit of a, OK, right, I'm going to have to mm. make an effort. Mm. But I think we've all gotten into the habit of taking our mobile phone with us when we leave the house. It's mm. not even something we think about. Mm. Um, so remembering a water bottle or remembering a cloth bag, you can tag it onto a habit that you already have. Mm. Um, and I read the book by Gretchen Rubin. Oh, is it, oh what was it called? She's been on the podcast <laughs> twice. Uh, there's, well, there's Happier, there's the Happier podcast. There's uh, The Four Tendencies. No, I think it was the... Um, oh, gosh, but it was one talking about the habits and how it was yes. a really good idea to tag on... Um, any new habits to current habits mm. um, I was like that's a really great idea so I always had this mantra when I leave when I leave the house that's phone wallet keys mm -hmm. those are the three things I know I can survive out mm -hmm. of the house with whatever else happens that's what I, that's what I say when I wake up slightly yeah. hungover <laughs> phone wallet keys. keys okay great <laughs> <laughs> trousers excellent that's a bonus um, and I thought well why don't I just tag on you know reusable water bottle or, mm. or cloth bag or whatever it is to that little mantra mm. so it's phone wallet keys water bottle yeah. okay great I can do that yeah. um, and then it became something that I didn't even have to think about and yeah. it just that's what I leave the house yeah. with um, so there is definitely a bit of a, a shift in habit changes in the beginning mm. um, but once you've got that down it's like great I don't even have yeah. to think about it and then secondly I think a lot of people think that uh, a package free or a refill option is going to be a compromise mm. but I've had so many friends and family and just people in general saying it's an upgrade that product mm. is actually really lovely to use and mm. I found it's actually cheaper to buy it as a refill or I really love that I don't have to if I take a bar of soap or a shampoo bar or whatever it is when I'm traveling I don't even need to worry about it going through security and that little mm. like bag of liquids that you have to oh, yeah, around yeah, yeah. with you know there are little things that it might seem inconvenient at first but actually yeah I wouldn't I for me if it wasn't 
a bit of an upgrade or it wasn't enjoyable, mm. I probably wouldn't keep doing it. Yeah, I think that's so true about the, the compromise. So how, I mean, did you sort of, was it a line in the sand moment of, to your husband, uh, partner, was it, um, right, I'm going to, this is how we're living from now on. <laughs> and and did, did you make massive changes? Was it like a movie montage? <laughs> a little and bit, things yeah. went flying out of the house? And, <laughs> yes. Right, which okay. I wouldn't recommend anyone else do. I learned the hard way. So I think I came down and announced to my husband that you know I think we're gonna gonna try and reduce our, our packaging waste and you know you don't have to do anything, but I'm gonna just go and yeah. do the grocery shopping and you know I'm gonna take a few containers with me and you know mm. um, see how it goes. Um, and he was, I think, generally fine with that until I started switching out the cleaning products because he's a <laughs> very neat and tidy person. <laughs> what did you switch out the cleaning products for? Um, what did I, in the early days, I think it was just repairing down what we were using. So instead of having a separate sort of oven cleaner, surface cleaner, mm. bathroom cleaner, you know, all the different bottles, they're quite sort of strong smelling mm. and used to give me a bit of a headache. Um, we sort of pared it down to sort of white vinegar and bicarbonate of soda and I can't remember what else maybe some eco-friendly washing up liquid Mm. um so simplifying it and making it much more natural and I think it it was a bit of a shift for us all for both of us actually because you associate strong cleaning smells with a place being clean yes yeah um and to not have that but to have sort of some sort of mild vinegar smell that does go away eventually after like half an hour or essential oils or you know no smell sometimes right because yeah the products you're using aren't heavily scented um it was a bit strange at first but actually it's in my the, my sense of smell has improved so much really? since cutting those things out it's crazy so when I now walk past something that's been heavily cleaned I can really smell it I mean I would assume that would be a compromise switching out your insert household name um, very strong cleaning product here for white vinegar I would assume that there'd be a lot more elbow grease Um, not really I haven't I mean I'm not I'm no domestic Mm. goddess (laughs) at all (laughs) Um, I think it depends on I guess your own standards and how diligent you want somewhere to like sort of look sparkling sparkling clean but I think it hasn't felt like a compromise Mm. at all personally and like I said I feel like my health has definitely improved Mm -hmm. as a result um and you 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 start to think gosh what you know what other sort of things are like leaching Mm. random hormone disrupting chemicals or whatever it is in your home um but yeah, removing cleaning products was actually—it's good. And to be fair, my husband at first found it a bit of a struggle, and I remember him saying to me, "I'm going to fight you on this. <laughs> the last, you know, this is, you've taken it to the to the limit here." Um, and now he is the first person to start mentioning how amazing vinegar is to anyone who comes around the house. He's like, "God, have you seen how great it is on the dishwasher? Like, you use it as a rinse aid, and then sometimes you use it just to clean the dishwasher on a rinse." <laughs> The Arnells are banging on about vinegar again. I feel like, darling, we don't want to be those people. Just stop talking about vinegar. (laughs) Okay, so one thing that you do, because you've written a book about all of this, and um, uh, listeners, I was saying to Kate beforehand that ever since I did the sustainability habit as part of 26 Habits, I've been wanting to speak to somebody who can really make this seem accessible and not seem like an affluent person's game or not seem like a massive compromise or like I need to make my life harder. Yeah. 
and I feel like your book does it I was gripped within the first honestly and it's so well laid out but that's another thing readers I'm (laughs) sure I'll put the link in the show notes and readers can find out for themselves but I think one of the fundamental pillars of it seven pillars if they are um, maybe are the seven R's of zero waste and apologies if it sounds like I'm whistling I am wearing my Invisalign and I've got (laughs) that I hadn't even noticed I've got that old man whistle you know (laughs) have you ever watched um, what is it American Dad not that one oh no, I haven't. Um, but, and there's the old guy who whistles. And oh, my yes. Makes oh, yes, me do I that. have, yeah. Sorry, no. don't know. All the dogs in the area are suddenly <laughs> <Yeah>. pricked ears. <laughs> so, um, so yes, if, on my S's you might hear a, a sharp whistle. That's right. Whistle. Um, <laughs> um The seven R's of zero waste. Yeah. And would you be able to talk me through them? Because yeah. they're explained so beautifully in the book. But what I think is really great about them is it's it's literally like here's where you start and here's where yes, you finish. Yes, it's an order. So yes. they're not just random R's in any old which way. Yeah. And actually the so the book that I originally read um, has the five R's of zero waste. Mm. And that was that's basically what most people know the five R's as. But there are, were two that I re- was really keen to add mm. in. So um, I'll tell you which ones they are as we go. Yeah. <laughs> um, but you start by refusing. Mm-hmm. So... Like saying no to strangers, say no to strange bits of plastic that are thrust at you Mm. (laughs) throughout the day. And it doesn't have to just be plastic, it can be anything. Mm. So um, a a free sample of something, anything that is in a disposable and you sort of think, do I really Mm. need that? Am I taking this just because I feel like I should? Um, So if people try and get you whilst you're walking down the street, give you a flyer, give you a sample of something, and it's actually not something you want, then just refuse it. Mm. And I think by refusing things, it sends a clear message to companies and brands that, you know, people aren't maybe interested in having those disposable items Mm. in their life. Um, It can feel, I think especially um, as a Brit, (laughs) feel a little awkward saying no to things because we're so sort of polite, polite, (laughs) conscious and and not wanting to offend anyone. Um, So I think finding your own way that works Mm. for you, either use a bit of humour or just be really really super nice or you can have, yeah, no thanks, I'm good or, um, I don't know, oh, oh, we're trying to go paperless or Mm. anything that's that feels not preachy or like because the person's just doing their job Mm. they don't know Mm. (laughs) that you're trying to avoid any like disposables so I think always be nice and try and understand where they're coming from so that's refuse and also I was gonna maybe I should let uh, go to all the yards but I want to ask you about this because one thing I found really interesting in the book is you said that actually this first R the refuse has helped you uh, develop a more assertive nature (laughs) yeah because of having to figure out well if refusing is going to be one of my key pillars I have to figure out a way that I can do that that aligns with my values yeah (laughs) of being nice yes because I'm naturally I wouldn't say shy but I really am a bit of a people pleaser I Mm. think and I don't like sort of making people feel bad Mm. or whatever so I I did have to find a way to say you know what I'm good I sort of do Mm. the slight almost Jedi like hand wave (laughs) these (laughs) are not the droids you (laughs) are when I'm doing it and it seems to add a bit of I don't know character to me to me saying no I'm good thanks not today or um but yeah I think do whatever suits your personality Mm. type yes yeah it just made me think about when I did a half marathon and you know you wear your name on your shirt and um people cheer you, cheer you on and as you're going around and every time somebody said my name I did a prayer that's not helping with the running why am I suddenly <laughs> yeah. doing this prayer thing yeah. so like so just a very gentle like no thank you yeah 
and even but not just about waste or products or anything just generally do you yeah. think it just it just sort of yes it, uh, shellacked that ability yes it's given no. me the confidence to say you know that's not for me mm. or yeah I don't want to do that but again in a way that feels that sits well mm. with me um I have a good reason yeah and I think yeah. generally as a whole the zero waste lifestyle for me has very much helped me as a person as well mm. and sort of added different layers to my life it's so strange and it sounds really really weird to say that you know it's just by reducing the amount of waste mm. it has actually led on to feeling more confident feeling generally healthier and and I don't know yes fi- finding that mm. thing in life that makes you sing a little bit yeah. and is and it because you stand for something I think that's what it is yeah, yeah. going back to that values driven yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> personality type um yeah I think it, it's yeah, because I used to work as a, a TV presenter back in the day, and um, it got I to can a point so see after, that. <laughs> after about ten years of I just wasn't great at raising my profile, um, but I was got really great feedback on jobs, and you know it was it was all good. But it got to a point where I was sort of having meeting after meeting about sort of doing entertainment shows, and uh, work was just getting a bit slow, and I was like, you know what, I actually really don't care that much about who wins the X Factor anymore or um, I, and in my spare time I was sort of reading up on like things like zero waste or you know things mm. that were naturally interesting to me subjects that were yeah. naturally interesting to me um, so yeah I think as a whole the, the, the lifestyles definitely resonated with me it's very interesting. I worked on celebrity magazines. Or, did you? Yeah. Well, I did the beauty pages but, and, and also did celebrity interviews. But there was somebody who uh, worked there who, after, I think, 10 years of working there, went and joined the police. Oh, really? Because I because she said... I didn't know her very well. She sort of was... This all happened as I was joining. But um, she just said, I've spent so much time like yeah. looking at pictures of celebrities and fact-checking weddings and I need to contribute to society yes yeah yeah exactly that's so true so how interesting yeah so yes so we've got refuse and how that that how that has really strengthened your boundaries not just within this zero waste lifestyle but just generally just in life yeah number two number two refuse and then reduce Mm -hmm. so you refuse what you don't need and you then you reduce what you do need Mm -hmm. um as I think we are in a bit of an age of excess um and especially like in the digital age as well we can easily access so many things at the click of a button Mm. um so it's about sort of yeah just basically reducing what you do need um which means do you need like eight different but almost exactly the same white t-shirts in your Mm. wardrobe maybe maybe you're only wearing three of them (laughs) the other 20 one of the other 26 habits was me reducing my wardrobe Uh, i I reduced down from 26 white (laughs) t-shirts 26 that's like a record (laughs) i know it was it was uh, it was excessive (laughs) amazing so um how did that go by the way brilliantly yeah brilliantly one of the best things ever because it started in the wardrobe and filtered into every aspect of my life yeah but we'll come on to the minimalism thing because that's also a thing it gets a little bit addictive doesn't it um so yeah so with the reduce and you talked about having a clear out was there an element of really overstripping in order to try and fit the identity of what you thought was zero waste yes, felt like. especially in the beginning mm. um, and I probably cleared out a little bit too much mm. um, I sort of struggled through thinking Do I, I would re- I'm really regretting <laughs> getting rid of that rolling pin <laughs> because right now I'd like to make some pastry <laughs> um, yeah so there was a, diff- a definite thing of and I, again I, I, I think I say this in the book you, you don't have to be a minimalist in order mm. to 
to be sustainable or zero waste you have to do what works for you and find your balance but mm. I think the issue is is that a lot of people have stuff just sitting there not being used yeah. and that's very different to having stuff sitting there being enjoyed mm. and and loved and you know as Marie Kondo says you know sparking joy mm. um, and I've definitely got family members who you know their houses are filled with knickknacks and mm. photographs and it brings them so much joy mm. and they love them every time they walk past that photo on the wall they're like oh do you remember that time mm. <laughs> um, so I don't think minimalism um, or reducing that far mm. has to be a given. I think it's about finding the balance that works for you. And yeah, I definitely over over cleared out in the early days. Mm. Um, and I think I was trying to fit this mould of what I thought zero waste should be. Mm. And now I'm very sort of at peace with with what works for me. Yeah. And it, again, it's different for everyone. I think there's this real thing of people feeling they have to adhere to what it should like a label like what it's mm. something should be um but yeah scrap all of that and you do you well Gretchen <laughs> last time I had Gretchen on the show we talked about decluttering yeah and how and she says it doesn't mean like the the first hurdle or the first mistake you're going to make is trying to be someone that you're not so yeah. if you like knickknacks yeah have knickknacks around just don't have all of them <laughs> yeah or don't have them just stored in boxes that yeah. you never get appreciated uh, put, get them out put them on yeah. display and then maybe find weed a few out that you're like oh no I'm not that mm. fussed about that one anymore I could pass it along um, and I think again when it comes to reducing what you do already have there's this sort of mixed message of hey you know don't waste anything etc mm. but then you're being encouraged to have a bit of a clear out but I think you've got to remember that you are potentially freeing up an item mm. onto the second hand market that mm -hmm. somebody else would really love to have yeah. or need or it's that exact thing they've been looking for so I think try not to feel too guilty about getting rid of things just try and do it consciously in, yeah. in a way that if you feel like it's actually going to a good home so sell it yeah. on um, eBay instead of mm. just dumping it <laughs> and at also, a random charity shop. And also with the reduce thing, I think uh, we're also being encouraged quite a lot to bulk buy. Yeah. Like there's so many buy one, get one free oh or yeah. offers like uh, three for the price of two, yeah. things like that. And now I make a conscious effort when I when I see those because I do my online shopping. Yeah to see well what am I actually saving and in many cases it really is something like 40p oh really but yeah. it's a high so for example like a big bag of dishwasher tablets yeah and you think actually they're quite expensive oh I can get two for a reduced price and you realise that actually it's really not that much it's, it's minimal and mm. they've probably marked something else up mm, maybe yeah <laughs> so uh, yeah it, you are encouraged to buy far more mm. than we need I think and it's life. part of the reduced just saying I'll just get what we need. Yeah, and I think, again, with zero waste, if you are able to buy something from a refill shop or, mm. you know, go and buy something from loose, from bulk, you, you can buy just what you need because there are so... I don't know how many people will agree with this, but I've always had, like, jars of spices sitting in the cupboard from one recipe, and mm. they've been sitting there for about five years, yeah. <laughs> years, and then when I get to use them, I'm like, oh, I can use that thing in the recipe mm. but had I just bought the exact amount for that recipe that I needed mm. 10 grams 15 grams mm. you know it's, those spices would have been just used up and they wouldn't be sitting there in my cupboard sort mm. of going to waste yeah um, that's true yeah so it's by, it is about buying just what you need and again it's a learning curve and I think you know ebbs and flows mm. and we definitely go through different phases in life yeah. like I've just become a new mother and especially in the early days I definitely bought things that <laughs> 
I'm looking back on now going, what was I thinking? But it was all so, so much chaos. And yeah. um, I was like, oh, I don't know what I'm doing. Um, and the convenience factor as well. You know, I needed things like nursing bras or whatever, mm. you know, and to spend time trying to find that second hand or mm. um, I'd change size. My shoes didn't fit anymore. All of these yeah. things that... Um, can happen I was like oh god I, you know, I can barely leave the house with the baby I just you know what I'm just going to order something but I think mm. it's about choosing better when you can yeah. so I try to buy things in organic cotton mm. or from a, a brand that has better credentials yes totally and then there is and there is reuse yes yeah, so refuse reduce reuse mm. so um, that's very much about reusing what you already have um, getting creative thinking outside mm. the box um, meaning <laughs> meaning you might be looking at some I don't know a uh, uh, an ornament or a jar or something you've got in your cupboard that you're not really using and maybe that could be used as a to-go coffee cup or um, to store some leftovers Mm -hmm. um, in your fridge. I think it's definitely a way to get creative with reusing things. Mm. I wish I could think of more examples on the spot, but I'm sure some will pop into my head. It used to be... I mean, 30, 40 years ago, I think we were a lot more inventive. Yeah. I remember, and I still sort of make fun of my mum now, that I remember going to a school picnic or, like, on a school excursion or something, and we all sat down with our pat lunches, and some of the girls pulled out Tupperware and were clicking, and they had crudité and stuff in them. Yeah. And I had an old ice cream tub with an elastic band. Yes, there you go. (laughs) But... And I wonder whether, and I, I'm, I'm curious about this. That then made me sort of stand out as being a bit basic, basic yeah. bitch. You just had a crappy, didn't have a proper lunchbox. <gasps> do you, how do you feel as an adult now? Do you feel like it affected you? I have a whole drawer of Tupperware. <laughs> it definitely, <laughs> it definitely affected me. Only because, yeah. Well, but I think there is an obsession. Oh, is there an obsession? I feel like my like my mum used to knit my Barbie clothes. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow. She could probably have like her own Etsy shop these <laughs> days. <laughs> and so there was a and it wasn't a thing. It was a really yeah. lovely thing that yeah. you just you made do and if you had something you would you know, you'd learn a skill. Like yeah. I learned how to crochet and knit and sew Amazing. when I was a kid. And I don't know whether those skills, because I don't have children and I don't really hang around children that much, I don't yeah. know if that's really passed on. But I do think that you would be a little bit more, well, this will this will work for that. Yeah. Whereas somewhere along the line came this idea of perfection. Yeah, and convenience yeah. as well. As yeah. in like, oh, yeah, sure, I'll, I'll take it in a bag because, you know, I forgot to bring my own. Yeah. Or, um, definitely. So I think it's definitely encouraged me to be a bit more creative thinking. Mm. Um, there was one scenario where... I think we were going to my mother's place and she asked us to pick up some sausages <laughs> from the butchers en route mm-hmm. and I didn't have a container, but I had a water bottle. So I was like, <laughs> hey, butcher, <laughs> could you try and put eight sausages into this bottle? <laughs> and he looked at me and was like, okay, he took the challenge. Wait, a glass water bottle? <laughs> Not a glass one, a metal one. A metal, oh. a steel, a stainless steel water bottle, like drinking bottle, you know, for on the go. Um, but it's all I had on me. Yeah, and he loved the challenge. Okay. And then his colleagues all came around and like, oh, mate, no, you can get another one in there. <laughs> um, and they started singing to the to the tune of message in a bottle, <laughs> sausage in a bottle as we were leaving. <laughs> um, so, you know, you got to think on your feet a little bit sometimes. Okay. I can't even imagine getting them in without some sort of... Uh, distress to the sausage no it was fine okay. he, he knew what he was doing <laughs> did he oil did he just oil them up no. but how did you get them out was it just, just turn a bit upside of a down wiggle, and a, yeah right, a bit okay. of a wiggle and a shake and <laughs> her house was only around the corner so they didn't have far to travel but um 
I thought, yeah, you know what, we can do this. So in what in that scenario, what's the what's the um, <laughs> would a bit of paper not have just been all right? Yeah, sure. I think you do what you feel comfortable with. <laughs> but I just had it in my head. I was like, damn, I've got this bottle. It's empty and it's clean. And I know I know we could fit the right amount in there. Mm-hmm. And it just, again, it was one of those moments of like, well, I could either shy away from it a little bit, which is my natural instinct, and just kind of go, oh, yeah, just put in a bit of paper's fine. Mm-hmm. Or I could try and own it and maybe we could have some fun with this right. and see, see what happens. Um, but yeah, they had a great time. They liked the challenge. We got the sausages home without any packaging. Uh, <laughs> and I bet they tasted delicious. Yeah, absolutely. Now, this is a really interesting one, repair. And the reason yeah. why I say it's really repair, so this is the force of Refuse, reduce, reuse, repair is because, um, and I will double check my facts and put the link in the show notes okay. if uh, just um, so I'm saying this, but I actually haven't done my fact checking at this point because I only heard it recently. A friend told me that a very high uh, Nike, okay, that they have a lifetime guarantee. Oh, I didn't know that. And that if your Nike outfit, um, the seam goes or something, yeah. they it will be repaired. Amazing. It's part of the guarantee. Of Amazing. The, so it's actually a better investment to, yes. again, I will double check that because I've heard that secondhand and it might be an urban myth or it might be a case of it's been oh, exaggerated. Was it Nike? Was it another brand? Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. But so I'll put the link in the show notes okay. to, uh, for uh, listeners. But the repair thing is very, very interesting in the yeah. way that you execute it. Yeah, and I, this is one of the R's that I added in because mm. I think it's often included in reuse. Mm. But I wanted to give it its own little sort of segment because I feel so we're so quick to just buy the new or or a working version Mm. without even considering repairing something first so by repairing something we're keeping it sort of loved for longer Mm -hmm. and out of landfill and um I think it helps people invest in good quality to begin with Mm. um and also by repairing something you're kind of creating this little relationship with with the thing which sounds a bit strange but um I always like to use the example of our toaster, actually, because <laughs> our toaster is handmade in the UK and it was slightly more expensive than, you know, a regular toaster from the supermarket shelf. Mm. Um, but it comes with, uh, like, it's one of the few ones that can be repaired. And I think it comes with a guarantee. So, and it has the name of the person who made it underneath. Aww. Liam is <laughs> on the bottom of our toaster. Aww. Yeah, so by inv- investing in products that come either with, like, free repairs for life or a guarantee that you know should anything go wrong they'll mm. fix it um actually makes you sort of look after the product and have a bit mm. more respect for it um so there's a when you're ready to pop the question the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring at blue you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online choose your diamond and setting when you found the one you'll get it delivered right to your door Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. 
For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Brand of, of denim jeans called Nudie Jeans, and they do yeah. free repairs for life. Um, my husband just dropped off a pair of his the other day to get repaired. Um, and they're also made from organic cotton, which is great. And they then refurbish any, any that... Um, can be repaired that the the original person owner didn't want and mm. you can buy secondhand repaired jeans off the shelf from them as well mm. yeah so i think there's a lot to be said for uh, repairing and closing the loop or, mm. or companies taking things back and taking ownership because i think so much of it is put on the customer um to to sort of work out what to do with something mm. at the end of its life mm. so our le creuset popped the sort of stop you know the casserole yeah. pot um we'd had it for about five or six years and some of the uh, enamel or something mm. had had, was coming off it and there was a tiny bit of rust on it or something so I got in contact with them and said hi I don't have a receipt but mm. <laughs> here's the situation here are a few photos I'm happy to pay to, for it to be repaired um so I sent it back to them they they in the end sent us a new one mm. because they found it couldn't be repaired but that's a company taking ownership yeah. of it um I think again with clothes and things like unless you change shape or size mm. or you know it just doesn't serve a purpose for you anymore it's crazy that we sort of just take something that's in perfectly good working mm. order apart from maybe a small hole mm. um and chuck it out mm. it's very true and I I remember a friend saying to me years ago buy cheap buy twice yes and I totally live by that yeah like I will as much as I love sale shopping I will only sale shop for a quality yeah, product. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And now I sort of have a bit of a limit. Like I don't, I used to, again, the white t-shirt thing. Yeah. If I had time to kill between appointments in London, I'd pop into New Look or yeah. one of the high street fashion shops and buy a white t-shirt. <laughs> Apparently. <laughs> Once every fortnight. <laughs> but I probably only wore about three of them ever. Yeah. Um, but it was just, oh, you know, it's that thing of it sort of, it New, killed time. Exciting. Yeah. Yeah. White, it was clean anyway. So yes, repair. And you're absolutely right. Like I think you talked about um, winter coats yeah because I, I have always I definitely come from a family and we've worn our, we've worn our stuff to death so to speak so you wear it you don't just wear it once and then never yeah. wear it again but um, I like the way uh, you talk about well I've had my winter coat for a while if my lining rips yeah, then at happened. the end of the season in the summer I go and I take it and I have it repaired and yeah. I have a new lining put in yeah. and it's as good as new yeah ex- exactly sadly post-pregnancy it's a bit of a squeeze that coat right now but <laughs> but I will get back into it but yeah I, I got the lining repair because I, I loved it so mm. much it was originally a second-hand purchase um, and it's just such good quality and I was like I'm never going to find another coat mm. like this um and also, I, I don't know, maybe it's a bit sentimental, but, you know, it's been to New York with me. I've taken yeah. it, you know, around the not around the world, not that I'm a jet setter, but <laughs> <laughs> to New York, basically. Um, and I just loved it. So, mm. yeah, I thought, well, why not get the lining repaired and, and choose a slightly different colour that makes it feel maybe a bit mm. a bit different. Mm. Um, but so, yeah, I think, I think repairing is something we should always think to do before we suddenly just go and get a new one. I also think it encourages you, I don't know if I just said this, but to buy something Mm. that can be repaired because Mm. so many things have built-in obsolescence that they don't want you to repair it. They want you to buy the brand new one because that's how that company's going to make the most money. Mm -hmm. Whereas... um, I think it's, they're coming around now and I think they're starting to realise actually offering a repair service as part of the product, mm. it just builds really good customer 
trust. It does, doesn't it? Yeah. And then this, the um, this is the fifth one. Yeah. And I was surprised that it was down so low. Yeah. And also, <laughs> it probably is the one that was the biggest education piece for me in all of it. So please explain the fifth R. The fifth is so once you've refused, reduced, reused, repaired, you can then. Recycle. recycle. <laughs> I was just checking that that was the right one. That's what I wanted to say. I was like, oh my gosh, I'm questioning myself. Yeah, recycle. Um, I think recycling is often the first thought for most people mm. um, at the end of a, a, the packaging life or product life. Yeah. Um, but so much of what we think is being recycled isn't actually mm. being recycled. Mm. Um, and we've seen, you know, many TV shows now so expose the fact that, mm. you know, our recyclables, especially things like plastic, aren't really making it to the recycling um, centre where they're actually going to get turned into something useful. Um, so I think by refusing first and then reducing, reusing, repairing... It actually means that you recycle less. Um, mm. And actually, that's kind of the goal. We see mm. so many messages out there saying, recycle more, recycle more, that's the answer. Mm. But actually, we should be recycling less and then mm. making sure that things we do recycle actually get recycled. Mm. Um, and I think there is a bit of a hierarchy when it comes to what you you know, can recycle. Things like metal, glass um, are much more highly recyclable mm. and they don't lose their quality when they are recycled. They can keep going again mm. and again and again. So if you've got the option to buy something in plastic or in a, a glass jar, mm. choose a glass jar because mm. firstly, you could probably reuse it for something and if not, you'll know it'll get recycled. Um, uh, paper, again, I think can be recycled up to something like eight times mm. before it loses its... Um, uh, what's paperiness. the word? Paperiness. Efficacy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's efficacy, exactly. Um, and then, you know, at the end of its life, it's not going to end up in the in mm. the ocean, in you know, with a sea turtle eating it. And well, <laughs> well, one thing I wondered when I was reading the book is you must have had to have unpicked and sort of followed the, you know, followed the breadcrumbs. Was there anything that was really shocking to you when you sort of started exploring things like recycling and you talk about in the book um, the uh, plastics being found in the in the South Pacific in yeah, the most remote? Yeah, that was quite shocking, yeah. actually. Yeah, the, one of the most remote parts of the world where there's almost no human activity, I think. And so you've got these giant albatross with filled stomachs, filled with plastic. Um, and you just think, God, that's, that's mad. Mm. And, you know, it's well-known brands you know that you can see them on the, the plastic caps or whatever oh. you just think oh, god that's so sad um so things like that were very eye-opening mm. um it's funny i think i've gotten to a point now because i've been doing it for quite a while it's not so much of it it's sort of like shocking anymore although i think recently somebody was saying how there's so much like plastic fibers in the air or something mm. <laughs> at that point i was like okay and it's not a lot i can do about that personally but <laughs> yeah but um it is it is very much everywhere and mm. I think we're only just starting to realise just how everywhere especially plastic mm. um, is I think there's often an argument for like oh well, you know the production of some plastic is less of a carbon pr footprint than using a paper alternative right. for example um, but again in the whole like zero waste yeah. um, goggles you you could refuse the paper if mm. need be. You know, you can re reduce what you do actually need in the first place so that actually maybe use only one paper bag instead of five plastic bags mm. or something. Um, so, yeah, recycling is, I mean, it's definitely needed. I think it's a system that has got a lot of room for improvement. Mm. I think we're sort of trying to catch up 
with recycling, we don't really seem to have the right systems in place to manage with a lot uh, manage a lot of the, the packaging that we do have. Well, in the UK as well, uh, depending on your postcode or your yeah. borough you live in, your recycling bins will be different. So some yeah. boroughs, it's just like put everything in this one. Others like separate your food and your plastics yeah. and your glass. Yeah, some will accept plastic mm-hmm. lids. Some mm-hmm. won't. Some don't take any soft plastics. Some will. Yeah, it's crazy trying to keep up. And, mm-hmm. you know, we can stay with family down in Cornwall sometimes. And when I'm there, I'm like, can we put that in? Is that, <laughs> do they take paper? Yes, they do. Um so yeah, it's definitely uh, it's definitely part of the solution, but I think it's much further down the pecking order yeah. as one of the solutions. I think you need to sort of refuse mm. and reduce as much as possible beforehand. Yeah, because I was saying to you, I thought that I was winning because <laughs> when I did my sustainability uh, challenge or habit, I, um, I I actually went and looked up what can and can't be recycled. Yeah. Also, that's eye-opening. Yeah, <laughs> it is. Because there is, it's not what you think. No, I think there's a lot of like wishful, mm. wish cycling or whatever they call it, where, wish <laughs> where you kind of put it in the recycling and you think, oh, it'll, I'm sure it'll get recycled if I just put it in there. But it's jamming the it's machine. It's jamming the machine, <laughs> it's probably contaminating all the other yeah. stuff that you've put in there. Um, so, yeah, it's, it is, it is oh, it's a very complicated section recycling and I mm. even struggle to get my head around a lot of it so god goodness knows how mm. they sort of expect people who aren't even interested yeah. in this sort of stuff to to fathom it out and I do think a lot of it is it's like companies putting the onus on you know the, the public yeah. to take responsibility for some packaging choices that they didn't make in mm. the first place yeah um so yeah it's a toughie that we cycle but then so then we have two more yeah so after we <laughs> cycle we are we are nearly there after we cycle what do we have we have rot mm. uh which is compost basically um so by composting things you're returning whatever the resources that went into using making that product so back to the earth you're closing the loop mm-hmm. um and it's actually adding some value it's becoming some nutrient rich soil amendment mm-hmm. for your plants um so yeah it's you know composting is fantastic and i think it should be available to everyone and i don't understand why it isn't mm-hmm. including me i keep having to bother my council about it i'm like can we please get some food recycling <laughs> they've started to introduce it into certain areas but i'm still not in that catchment area so because when i read the book i was like maybe i need a worm farm <laughs> yeah and then i thought no emma you don't <laughs> no exactly check yourself so i did um i had one for about four years in our old apartment because we had a little balcony mm. and i thought well you know i could just give this a go worst case scenario i'll just sort of you know, get rid of the worms in the local <laughs> park or my, my mother-in-law's garden or something, you know. <laughs> like Andy Dufresne in yeah. Shawshank Redemption just shaking a trouser <laughs> leg. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> see, I could do that. <laughs> nothing suspicious, nothing to see here, folks. My friend Andy used to shake his <laughs> I actually haven't seen it, but I think I've seen a clip of the bit you're talking about. You haven't seen the Shawshank no, Redemption? I'm, no. Okay. I know. I'm, you need, I'm sorry, but... I need a life. I know. <laughs> the eighth R is redemption and you need to go home and watch it. <laughs> That's brilliant. Oh, so, um, so yeah, composting is... I mean, it's weirdly quite sort of fun to see what you can... <laughs> weirdly, it's quite fun. Come on, Kate. What am I going to say? <laughs> if you're me, it's weirdly a bit of fun. But... Um, you know, you don't have to have a worm bin if mm. that doesn't work for you. If you do have a food waste collection from your council, mm. use it. Like my brother wasn't using it. And then they started using that service, which they have available to them, and reduced their trash by about 
two thirds, I think, just because they started putting their food waste in a mm. different bin. And I think you just don't realise how much things like food scraps or eggshells yeah. or whatever it is just add up and they take yeah. up volume. Um, and they could easily be going to make compost. What about waste disposal? Down the sink. It, what's the difference? I've never actually used one. I haven't looked into that myself. So I don't know where it goes. Do you? Well, I think it just gets whizzed up and filtered through the water supply. I mean, oh, that's my really? guess. Feeds the alligators in the sewer Do system. Do you think? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the sharks and the alligators down there are like, ooh, <laughs> what's for supper tonight? <laughs> Sorry, guys. It's <laughs> potato peel. <laughs> yeah. Oh, dang. <laughs> no, but that's the kind of thing that can go in your worm farm, isn't it? Yeah, really yeah, 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 definitely. And is it fun because you put it in the top and then you next yeah. time you open the lid, it's, sort of, it's yeah. gone? It's weirdly satisfying to see it turn. <laughs> I mean, it's kind of a slow process. And I remember in the early days, the worms tried to escape. And I was like, oh, no, I'm doing something, <laughs> doing something wrong here. I opened the lid and they were like all up the side, the sides, like desperate to get away. And I think oh. I'd put in something, either some weird bit of food that shouldn't go in or it was it was too sort of moist in there or something. So I, it was a quick Google right. and I fixed it. Okay. Um, but yeah, so as a result of that, I was like, well, maybe, you know, I've got this sort of like compost here. Maybe I could try growing a few herbs or I've got this little box. There was a space enough on the balcony for a little mm. box. I was like, I could try and grow a few potatoes in that and see what happens. Um, and that was weirdly satisfying as yeah. well to be able to just know that you could grow those. Not that, you know, they were sort of we lived off it or anything yeah. it was just kind of fun to see um, but we uh, have since moved into a different flat and there's no outside space so the worm bin has had to go mm-hmm. uh, much to my husband's delight I think <laughs> he never quite got it um, but yeah I think if you can't no worries but if you could can compost and that's available to you then then try it there is an app I think called Share Waste which it's kind of limited in the options in London, oddly, but I don't know, maybe across the world there Mm. are are more available spots. But if you are someone who has a compost, uh, either a pile or or you have a collection, and you're happy for people to come and bring some of their compost to you, it's like a sort of matchmaking thing, but (laughs) through through compost. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, but you can put what you can accept as well, like only vegetable peels or or no meat scraps. um, Again, I'm just thinking out loud. You have um, tips. So you take, yeah. you know, ironing boards, yeah. whatever, tip it into, you know, back your car up. I went to my tip recently and going is oddly satisfying. Yeah. Um, but I just thought, I'm just trying to think, do they have a big no. old back up your car and I wish shove your food waste into no. a big compost pile? They have garden waste, which mm. is different. So no food waste there. I think because of, I don't quite know why, but... It needs to be handled differently, I, I yeah. imagine. Um, yes. Yeah, but there is, you know, there's different parts of the world. Like I think in Japan, they do something really interesting where they take food waste and turn it into sort of nutrient-rich pellets or feed for pigs. So you get these like waste-fed pigs, oh. and it kind of closes the loop. Um, you can give them like different flavour profiles and stuff, but it's just really a really clever way that almost mimics nature. But there's a middle mm. man that's turning them into this feed, so it's sort of kills off any pathogens or whatever that mm. might be lurking in the food waste yeah ah. it's interesting and now finally this is a good one because this one i hadn't necessarily even considered ah this one i added in so mm. this is this is the second one that i added so, so. you added in <laughs> repair and repair and then i added in respond mm-hmm. um and i think that's something that i have found really powerful as just you know a a member of the public who mm-hmm. <laughs> who sometimes feels like things are out of their hands um 
to be able to feel like you can respond to a company who has maybe done something brilliant with their product, but mm-hmm. you're not a fan of their packaging, mm-hmm. um, just to send them a bit of feedback, not in a ranty way, mm-hmm. <laughs> but in a way that says, you know, I really love you as a brand. Um, I want to continue buying your product, but any chance you'd consider changing the disposable plastic to something mm-hmm. that would be either reusable or um, much easier to recycle. Mm-hmm. Um And I hadn't really thought about how impactful responding could be until a friend of mine who works uh, in the fashion industry and she said um, an industry insider told her that for every piece of um, correspondence that a company receives they imagine the 10,000 other people that think the same thing but haven't bothered to even say anything. Uh. Um, So they put a huge amount of... um, What's the word? Emphasis on that. Yeah, Yeah. on customer feedback. Um, And I think it's really important to do. And often, especially in the day in this day and age where you can just do a tweet or a Mm. a direct message to to a company really quickly or an email um and just you know it doesn't take much time you can Mm. do it in a really like friendly way and i think if enough people start saying similar things like oh do you would you offer this Mm. or or, you know could you change change that um they start to listen Mm. i think there was a great example on twitter must have been about a year ago of pret-a-manger and they were saying how you know we hear you, here are the changes we're making. Yeah. And they showed a lot of the tweets that they were getting from people about their plastic mm. stirrer, coffee stirrer things. That um, They started off the initiative as well with the, the cup, I think. It was 50p oh, really, off yeah, your I did they? There you go. So I think... I think they've obviously had a lot of people mm. sort of saying, you know, would you offer a discount for for bringing in a reusable? So they they sort of showed all of their little tweets and oh, I don't want to say complaints, but kind of suggested changes. Mm. And then they responded saying, we hear you. This is what we're changing on that one. This one's a little bit tricky, but we're still working on it. Mm. And I think it was just really nice to see a company sort of saying, OK, we're listening to yeah. the feedback here. Let's see what we can do. That's really nice. Yeah. So those are the seven R's. Yeah. And I do think when I read the respond, I thought, oh, you're just how at the moon these big companies don't actually care but that's a misconception yeah some of them really do take it seriously oh, some don't some don't but you know if, if you feel like especially if they're a smaller company and mm. they're probably much more likely to to check their emails and, and want to keep their customers really yeah. happy um you know that that one customer means the world to them yeah. so you know if they can make a few tweaks and changes they're probably more likely to mm. get brilliant word of mouth um you know people wanting to to share share the news that yeah. this company's made if you change you should check them out now one of the things that you say in the book which i think is fascinating is oh gosh. Um, <laughs> when people say that i'm like what did i write again i can't remember i think it was something along the lines of and i obviously i'm paraphrasing that if you found out that all of the different changes that you were making if the seven r's actually oh, yeah. weren't contributing hugely to uh, the, the waste issue, landfill, yeah. etc. You would still live this way. Yeah. Why is that? It just feels right mm. to me. It just feels like, well, why wouldn't I? I don't. I never enjoyed just throwing things in a bin, mm. thinking, oh gosh, you know, where where's that going to end up? Um, and I think I wouldn't have known this beforehand, but having lived it for like five, six, maybe seven years now, mm. it just it's just become my new normal mm. and. If someone said, "Oh, you don't worry, you don't have to worry about it anymore. You can just go back to being how you were before," mm. I don't think I'd actually change much. I wouldn't change anything. I don't think because I mean, uh, people listening, obviously, you have an international audience, but you are a nicely spoken London living woman, yeah. and I think there's um, 
sustainable living kind of has had the same sort of uh, experience as yoga. Yes. <laughs> it's become the sort of thing that it seems like uh, affluent person's game. Yeah. You know, especially if you've got all... And with yoga, I mean, you know, the people you see walking around looking kitted out in full gear and everything. <laughs> with a goat. No, I'm yeah. <laughs> no, there are goats <laughs> I in know, yoga. I've heard of goat yoga. Um, but I, I... When I was reading this book, I was thinking, okay... I get it, I feel it, I see it, I hear it, I want to be involved in it. But realistically, is it only for people who have money? Is it an affluent person's game? Because realistically, if I'm already, if I'm going to the supermarket, if I'm really on a budget and actually buy one, get one free offers and all that plastic are actually are secondary to my main thing, which yeah. is cost saving. Exactly, and feeding your family. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Can I, could I still implement what you're talking about, even if we're talking about a com- like all of the different sections of the community? I think you have to do what works for you, mm. for sure, um, and everyone's got different priorities, but there's nothing to stop that person sort of refusing the receipt at the end of that. Right purchase Mm. and then if enough people do that then it's like okay maybe we don't need to automatically print a receipt maybe we'll ask people if they want one accountants Um, listening just clench their buttocks (laughs) yeah yeah exactly um so i think there is definitely things you can do to Mm. to refuse things you know Mm. it costs nothing to say no thanks to something you don't need yeah um and i think the whole reuse side of things like you know buying things secondhand is actually often a lot cheaper mm-hmm. um and you can get some really good quality things yeah. um as a result um i think overall the zero waste lifestyle does encourage you to sort of spend less overall so people often focus on food they're like okay fine mm. so the food's more expensive and for some people it's cheaper but i've personally found that it is a bit more expensive because i like to buy sort of fresh local seasonal food yeah so this is organic meat yeah. fresh cuts not yeah. in a packet Lo- locally sourced yeah. yeah all that sort of jazz and for me i would rather prioritize spending a bit more money on that mm. but i look at things that i'm not buying on a regular basis anymore sort of magazine subscriptions mm. i cut four <laughs> i had four magazine sus- subscriptions beforehand so that's not happening every month i'm not buying tinfoil cling film kitchen mm. roll all these little things that kind of add up so but are you using alternatives yes yeah, so that you do have a bit of an upfront cost if you want to have an alternative but there's nothing to stop you just putting something in a bowl with a plate on top in your fridge you don't True. have to go out and buy the beeswax wrap right um i've got some chapel <laughs> <laughs> so again it's that whole sort of creative side of things mm. um yeah i do think it's probably a heck of a lot easier for people who can afford to do it. Mm. Um, but again, like anything, I think if you, if I personally feel if one can mm. and, it, you know, it's not a huge inconvenience, but if you can do something, that then filters down. So if companies start making changes on their mm. packaging because everyone who is able to is is to mm. behaving differently, then that will just filter filter down, and uh, and everyone will be able to enjoy. It's part of the bigger picture, isn't it? I think we're all yeah. sort of in these linear, sort of self-contained little worlds yeah. of our own, you know, our phones or whatever yeah. it might be. That sometimes we forget that actually, if you're doing something, and I remember someone saying this to me years ago, like every time you type in a web address on a computer. 10,000 other people around the planet are doing the same oh, thing and I'm sure that number's much greater now that's crazy and it is that thing of actually your action isn't yeah. just your action yeah it's bit, accumulative yeah. and I think often leading by I think there's so many people preaching at other people like you should do this you should do that mm. you should quit this don't eat that and you just think that doesn't actually get you anywhere and people mm. feel a bit like either guilted or shamed into doing something and they're not really enjoying it but if you as a person enjoy 
I don't know, using a reusable cloth bag or or whatever it is that you found that works for you and your family and friends see you do it, see you get a coffee in mm. your reusable coffee mug or whatever. And they're like, that's cool. Mm. And you got a discount for doing that as well. Where did you get that cup again? Yeah. Or, you know, oh, do you think I could bring my own one from home? It's So sort of leading by example, I think, mm. is very, very powerful. Um, I can't remember how I got on to that point. But, <laughs> 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 but I just wanted to slip it in there. Uh, we were talking about the affluence of it all yeah. and actually... Your and, and I think that it really does come across the whole time because it's the book is called Six Weeks to Zero Waste, but actually, yeah. very, very early on, you're like, Right, guys, <laughs> yeah. this is because when I first saw the title, I'm like, Oh, balls. I know, I'm never gonna, this is never gonna be me. And what you say is, it's not actually about zero waste, it's about getting as close to in your world that works for you, yeah. and it's not about six weeks, really. I mean, it's a catchy title, mm. <laughs> my brother actually came up with it, <laughs> um, but you know, it's whether it's six weeks, six. Mm months six years you know mm. it could take as long as it, it has to for you and what's available to you as well yeah. so um but you know just making some swaps I, what i like about the term zero waste personally is that it does encourage you to think hmm what else could i be doing it, it yeah. sort of doesn't mean you just go straight to the recycling and that's mm. it you're, you're done it kind of goes well could i refuse that thing or could yeah. i maybe repair that first before i go and get a new one mm-hmm. um and it just has yeah it has you thinking oh what else what else could I do it's breaking that cycle of new 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 yeah. mine 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 like yeah. the single I always think about Fight Club you know the single serving friend again I haven't seen that but it's <laughs> oh, I'm getting Get you out. a DVD player <laughs> second hand one <laughs> something's going on here oh no not DVD sorry well, streaming service oh, we're subscribing fine. you to a streaming service Toot sweet. Oh my goodness, okay. <laughs> um, but the other thing um, I wanted to, I mean, actually, there's like a million other things I was going to ask yeah, you about, sure. but we've already been rattling on for ages. Um, there is a six week plan in the book, but one thing that really stood out to me is you talked about the fact that, about your health. And the reason why I want to bring this up is because you've talked about the cleaning product, so it's yeah. a really nice link. That um, I would worry that by not using something that was antibacterial, antiseptic, mm. that, you know, had it emblazoned across. Yeah the bottle and had various chemicals in it because I trust science I would worry that maybe uh, you were falling ill maybe susceptible to bugs but actually you in the book say your health has actually been, yeah, been better it's, it, yeah exactly I think we just don't fully understand what sort of burden all of those chemicals mm. are putting on our body in the first place and and often they're they're all tested in isolation mm. so they're never really tested in combination in like out in the wider world mm. and you think about like putting on maybe 15 beauty products and makeup products every morning um to your skin and I think so many people are, are so conscious about what they're putting into their bodies and you know eating organic food or, mm. or clean eating etc but they don't really think so much about what they're putting on their bodies and then also like the, the room fragrance that's sitting in the corner mm. is what sort of what's that giving off so it, it definitely opened my eyes to all of that and but that okay so we could go on for another yeah, hour because yeah. you've just you've just uh touched on clean beauty which I have a real position on which is Everything's a chemical, and oh, I gosh, do yeah, think no, it's I a know. massive. I think it's really it's scaremongering at its worst. Actually. Yeah, yeah. I think the term chemical is also really sort of again means different things to different people. Water is a chemical, exactly, exactly. Water is a chemical, but um, with the detergents and things like yeah, that, like cleaning I, yeah. products. I, I mean, they're so strong, some of them, you know, and mm. you've got these huge warnings on the back, like do not inhale, do not. Mm 
touch Wear your a skin. Mask, yeah, yeah, this is lethal to wildlife if, you know, if poor didn't, you know, get the dead fish sign on the back. <laughs> so, you know, there's definite warning signs there. Um, but when you, but I know we've talked about compromise, yeah. but when you've sort of pulled it back and you've gone from more natural approach yeah. with like, was it um, not white wine vinegar, white vinegar? <laughs> <laughs> you can use white wine vinegar whenever it works for you. I'm thinking of that tonight's dinner. Yeah. Um, you haven't felt that your your overall cleanliness no has been no not at all not at all um and going on to health wise i personally feel i know i i now notice i get a headache if i'm around a very strong mm. scent mm. that's synthetic yeah um and yeah health wise i feel like i used to get sort of i mean i yeah it's a whole other topic but i used to get sort of uh, like colds and things quite mm. regularly and personally i don't but i'm not putting it that down to just the zero waste lifestyle mm. i just think as a whole it's just made me much more aware and i think it's good to just be aware of how many things we're exposing mm. ourselves to on a daily basis it's quite a yeah. it's quite a, a cocktail of of things in combination yeah. really and the values sort of to close it off like as much as you have your own values and how you like to live and this is very much about um, creating and working within some sort of structure that makes you feel more comfortable yeah. about your consumption and then what you're throwing away and yeah. how you're really using things in a very um, materialistic, uh, consumption-heavy world. Yeah. But it's also, it feels like there's a real parallel to you're very uh, mindful of what you're doing as a member of the, as a member of the community of yeah, the planet yeah <laughs> do your bit yeah as and when you can <laughs> oh, yeah God. I think um yeah like if I go to the beach and I see a bunch of of like wastes literally like on the waterline waiting to be lapped up I'll think oh gosh I'm gonna pick that up mm. because selfishly it'll make me feel better yeah. um but also you know you see a seagull eyeing it up and think well actually maybe you shouldn't have that for lunch <laughs> <laughs> um so yeah, and you know, if you if one can, and mm. you know, it's you know within your means, thinks switching to things like a, a clean energy supplier, mm. you do it once and then you forget about it. Mm. And you know, for a lot of people, that is something that they can do, but they haven't really thought to do it. Yeah. Um, and I guess it must be pretty easy to find out if an energy supplier is clean. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I think there's guides online as well. Right. You can you can check out. There are a couple that I mean, I'm with Good Energy. They mm. are very transparent about where their energy comes from. But um, bulb is another. Good good one mm. you know there are different ones out there but again depending on your budget and whatever it doesn't yeah. have to be perfect I think that's the message I want to get to people is like it doesn't have to be like the yeah. cleanest the best you know most eco-friendly option out there just just slightly better than before yeah. that's the name of the Gretchen Rubin book better, better than, than before, before. Yes. yeah <laughs> so even with so with all of the R's essentially yeah you could you could make a one percent change oh yeah but actually cumulatively yeah and it does I think it does it all adds up but it also encourages you to feel like oh that was really easy what mm. was I even thinking you know worried about yeah I could make another swap maybe and it does become slightly um encouraging I think if you especially if you start with something that is a very easy swap mm. that's almost a no-brainer yeah. and then it builds your confidence you're like okay well I could I've done that I can maybe do something else yeah um and I think it, again you don't have to be like the most perfect zero waste living individual on the planet <laughs> um but just yeah I think showing some effort that feels comfortable yeah. can actually feel really good yeah and actually just reading the book and actually seeing how to do things even like recycling um, just means that even that can be the change because you'll yeah. just be recycling better than you were before. Yeah, I just start. Some people yeah. don't. Like. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, 
This is brilliant. Thank you so, so much. Pleasure. Um, obviously, listeners, I'll put the link to uh, Kate in the show uh, and the book in the show notes, but this has been such an education. Oh, Thank thanks. you so much. Pleasure chatting with you. Thanks. Thank you so much for listening. I really hope you enjoyed that conversation with Kate and I. I really came away from it. I really came away from her blog and her book feeling like I could make these changes. And I hope that in listening to her, they do seem accessible because that's what I think that's what I feel the magic is about Kate is that she's made something that can seem a bit lofty a bit worthy a bit too much like hard work I think she's just made it accessible and easy and just something that you feel like you could actually try today so I hope that that's what you got to if you've got any comments or feedback about the podcast I would love to hear it you can email me at thebeautypodcast at gmail.com Or you can slide into my DMs on Instagram and Twitter where I'm at Emma Guns. I genuinely love to hear from you. And I will, I know that it's gone down very well that I've been reading out some of the feedback emails. So I will be doing a bit more of that. So if you want to hear your email on the show or your DM on the show, you just have to get in touch. If you want to speak to me, but also thousands of other listeners to this podcast, then I highly advise that you click the link in the show notes, which can be found wherever it is that you are streaming and downloading this episode. And you join the Facebook forum. There are thousands of other listeners to this podcast in that group buoying each other up, offering helpful advice, asking questions, whether it's about skincare, whether it's about the environment, whether it's about work issues, whatever it might be, we've got some really wide ranging forum chats going on right now and we would love you to be a part of it. So do click that link and do join. If you get a chance, I would be super grateful if you could leave a five-star review and maybe a couple of sentences about what you have enjoyed about this episode or any other episode of the podcast. It really helps a podcast like mine stand out on a massive, on the massive podcast, plopcast, no, podcast platforms that you are listening to this episode on. Thank you once again for your time. It's always a pleasure to spend it with you. I will see you on the next one. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.